Welcome to Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy. Welcome to 360 Radio, just for the health of it with Joanne and Tammy. And today we're going to talk about how do you figure out where you want to go? And part of that is having a vision and seeing what it is you want for the future. And everybody laughs when we say, hey, let's do a vision board. Let's get everything out there so you can see it every day. So you've got a visualization of things to go. And yeah, everybody goes home. They don't do their board. They look at us like we're crazy. But let me tell you something. When you have a vision board, when you have something in front of your eyes, your brain will go about causing it to happen and making it come about. So this morning when I saw Joanne, I was like, hey, wait a minute. What's new? What's different about you? And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what's different about her and how did it come about? And then how do we implement that with you? So. Joe, why don't you tell them what's what's a little bit different? Well, it's very interesting. I did a photo shoot with you last mm-hmm. year. And last year, which was actually almost about a year ago, I would say right. at this point, it was during the summer. And when I looked at the photographs, I just was mortified. <laughs> you know, for me... Through the pandemic, through being at home, not really thinking much about everything that you and I know and talk about and teach to the world, I was in that same rut as so many of my clients where Pound kind of came on here and there. And then before I knew it, I was in that mindset of, I don't really care that much. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not doing anything. And I really did put back a bunch of weight that I had lost, which I've sustained for all of these years. And when I looked at the photographs, and you and I were going to be on a magazine cover, and I was mortified that those pictures of me were going to be on the cover. And I have to say, and I want to clarify to everyone who's listening, that it's not just about my size or how I view myself physically. That's just one piece of it. But I also Mm -hmm. knew that things had to be changing internally as far as my health and my wellness. And after seeing the pictures, I said, okay, it's time to get a little bit proactive here. And I went to my primary care physician and I went through a full series of testing and exams. And sure enough, my cholesterol was a little bit high, Mm -hmm. which for me, I have a genetic predisposition for that. So that was concerning to me. And there were a few other health states that I was not really too thrilled about. My blood sugar levels were a little bit elevated. And everything that you and I teach and you and I know kind of hit me right in the face and said, (laughs) I've got to walk the walk of the talk Everybody thinks that that Everybody thinks that we don't have to do this, but we have to preach to ourselves and and educate ourselves and motivate ourselves just as much as we do everybody else. Because if we were 
to gain a hundred pounds, who's going to listen to us because they just see where, oh, well, you're telling us what to do, but you're not doing it. And it's really, we have to walk the walk and we all struggle. Like I struggle too. Yeah. And I don't know, it was last March. Now, mind you, I talked about that it was a year ago that we did the photo shoot. So Mm -hmm. it took from September of last year until March of 2022, where I just had to make this decision. And it was, am I going to move forward and do what I know is best for me in my health and my wellness? And I also wanted to feel better. I had another motivating factor of a lot of events coming up. I knew that summer was coming. And I did not want to go through another season of just feeling crummy. And Mm -hmm. when I work with clients and they've had successful weight releases, I know that things change as far as their level of confidence. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, things start to materialize. It's almost as though what you give to the universe comes back to you. So here I'm releasing my weight to the universe, but I'm gaining not the weight back, but I'm gaining confidence and energy and just Mm -hmm. feeling better. So anyway, fast forward. And so I haven't really talked to you or to anyone else really, except for my husband and a couple of my kids about this journey that I'm going on. And it was important for me to do that because I really wanted to have the right support system. Now, Mm -hmm. I know that you're always my number one support (laughs) system and advocate, but nonetheless, this was something that was very internal and personal to me. So Mm -hmm. when we've talked about this intrinsic desire for change, that's Mm -hmm. what switched for me. It wasn't about, okay, I want to be in a bathing suit this summer And I want other people to notice. It was more about, I want to be in a bathing suit this summer and feel good in my skin and not be so self-conscious and hide from the world. And I want to enjoy myself. So how do I do that? Now, I'm talking right now for everyone about the weight loss, but please understand that that's just on the surface. As I said earlier, the internal piece was so much more than that. It was about my health, changing some of my cholesterol issues that I had, and just overall energy and just feeling so much better in my confidence and so on. So to make a long story short, Tammy, I've lost 25 pounds since last March. Congratulations. That's always a hard, it's always hard work. It's always hard work. But I have to be honest with you, it wasn't really all that hard. It was going back to what we talk about all the time and just being consistently consistent. Mm-hmm. And I know what I need to do. It was just a matter of taking a deep breath and saying that my desire was greater than my want. Right. In other words, do I want this or do I need this? And there was a switch that flicked. You know, I talk about this a lot. Right. And a lot of times, you know, we'll talk about how the hardest part about making a decision is just the making the decision. And so when you're in that, well, I don't like the way I look right now. I want to change it. I don't know what I want to do. How committed am I? 
in that kind of wishy-washy, it kind of took you from September to March to kind of clarify and get through all the, like I'll often we'll call it like the mud, right? You're kind of adding clean water, new thoughts, everything, and clearing out the mud so that you can see what you want. And then once you made the decision, it was easier. I'm not going to say it was easy because I'm sure that there were events that you went to that you wanted to have, you know, champagne or have drinks that because our program, we really limit that because of how it affects your blood sugar. You had to like figure out a different way to celebrate with everybody and not, you know, have five glasses of champagne. Well, I would never do that anyway. <laughs> but, but in saying that, we have also talked about the stages of change. Mm-hmm. And that really fell into, you know, pre-contemplation, contemplation. Right. And in March, I decided to really take, action. take some action. And now my results are staggering. And I have to disagree with you on one little point. It wasn't challenging. Really? Once I made the mindset decision that this is what I wanted to do, I accessed all of the tools in my back pocket and Mm -hmm. made choices that support my bigger vision and my bigger picture. And later today, in part two today, we're going to be talking about designing a vision and what that Mm -hmm. wellness vision is really all about. But I've spent a lot of time doing that, and I found it pretty seamless because I started to see results. And when right. you see results, the motivation just continues to manifest itself in the most beautiful of ways. And so, mm-hmm. by the way, I'd like to do another photo shoot because I feel a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> no we worry. Need new pics. We need some new pics out we there. We need some new pics for sure. But nonetheless, I just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And it was a slow and steady loss that I have. If you think about what I said, it's been several months. So it's not as though I was doing any kind of crash dieting, as people think about, in order to get ready for summer. Look, you and I talk about in the wintertime how summer bodies are made then, not in May or June. If I had first started my commitment to myself in June or even now, I don't know that I would really be feeling so great to get in that bathing suit and going outside. Right. Because you think four months, it took you four months to lose 25 pounds and everybody gets like, oh, but that's not fast enough. And I need, no, just remember the tortoise always wins the race because it's slow and steady slow and steady, those changes that you make in just doing that cleanup, right? Getting anything that had crept into the kitchen out, shifting your mindset around upcoming events or, you know, between March and now there were several holidays, like, okay, managing through the holidays. And I think, you know, you're right. Once you make the decision and that starts coming from the inside, It's a whole lot easier because you see beyond the now, right? You see, oh, I'm not having this right now because I want the other thing. And it doesn't become, it's not so much of the push-pull. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. My question to you is, 
as I've said, I purposely did not really share a lot of this with you. I told you a little bit about what my intention was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't embellish on it. So I'm curious from you, what changes in me do you see over the past few months? Well, besides, obviously, at this point, having a weight loss that you can recognize and see, seeing you gain confidence as you've gone through this year has been really great, even starting this radio program, right? And so it's been really great over the last several months to experience this change with you and to, you know, as we're embarking on new adventures together through our education and through the radio program and our coaching and clients and all of that stuff. So it's been good. It's been a blessing. That's awesome. I I appreciate the feedback. And I can tell you on a personal note that for me, it's just a matter of being a little bit more calm, feeling better, not thinking about it all the time, just doing Mm -hmm. what I know that I need to do and not letting that be my main focus in life. Mm -hmm. That if I'm consistently consistent with what I just do, then I can have more energy and be more focused in the other tasks at hand. Right. You know, I just want to say that I really thought about what is it that I want to do? And I came up with a few things that I really wanted to, number one, improve my level of health. That's always number one. I've always said that, that health Mm -hmm. first, the weight will kind of come along with it. Right. Uh, My well-being or also my performance in life or work. Just having the confidence to be able to record these podcasts, which was a new tool set for both of us. Oh, yeah. Just right. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. This has been a really great experience for both of us. But mm-hmm. I just feel so much more comfortable in my skin. And when we talk about certain topics with our viewers, I know now that I have the ability to, as I said before, walk the walk of the talk that I talk. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing, you know, I often say to my bariatric clients, they're already losing weight rather quickly. But once you get a year out or you go from three or 400 pounds and now you're down to 200 or 180, people get very discouraged because now you come into the normal, quote unquote, normal weight loss amounts. And so they get discouraged that they're only losing only a pound, a pound and a half, two pounds a week, which that's normal. That's, you know, when we sat and figured it out for you, that's about what you lost. Even though you had some weeks that were big losses and other weeks that were little losses and some weeks that you stayed the same or had a little bit of a gain, over four months, it was like a pound and a half, two pounds a week. And that's what got you there. And I'll say to them, you know, just like the tortoise is always the one that wins the race, whatever you do to get there is what you have to keep doing to stay there. So I don't ever want anyone making these drastic changes that take them, you know, way out of their norm unless we have to. Like someone who just had a heart attack and they have to change their lifestyle immediately. You know, that's one thing. But for someone to 
just kind of clean up their eating life, clean up their choices. It's the little choices. I remember growing up in church and the pastor would always say, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And you're like, what? He's (laughs) like, it's the little foxes that get into the vineyard and spoil the vine. It's not the big animals that go in and eat up all the grapes. It's the little ones that get in and start eating at the roots. And now all of a sudden the vine is dead and not producing anything. And so it's like the that's the little things, the chips that end up coming into the house. All of my bariatric clients say, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how I how I gained 12 pounds. I, I just don't get it because I'm only eight months out and I should still be losing. I'm like, uh-huh. So let's talk about how many how much chips you've been eating. Well, I've always once I got better from surgery, I, I've always had like my little bag of chips every day. Uh-huh. And yeah, now you've lost a whole bunch of weight. You don't get to do that. Hey, well, I'm laughing because yesterday you and I were participating in one of our Facebook groups that we have. And Tammy and I moderate and participate in several weight loss groups, both for general weight loss as well as bariatrics. And we went to a particular site, and Tammy, can you explain what you saw? I never saw you react so harshly, (laughs) honestly, in a long time. Can you share with everyone what it is that you saw? Oh, my goodness. So this person posted a question about, I'm like eight months out from surgery, and I don't understand part of it was this weight gain and I'm and I'm eating this and I'm and I lost it and I'm so glad that I oh, wasn't wait a typing. second what about the photograph and the image of that burger with the bun and all that stuff can you like ex- oh they said oh I I can't even eat a whole burger and I'm eight months out and I don't understand and I'm like, you had certain, you're not supposed to eat a whole burger. Like you made these changes and you were like, just chill, just chill. <laughs> right. I'm like, but here's this person who isn't changing their behavior. And then it's going to get upset and disappointed because in another few months, they're going to say, oh, surgery didn't work. Or everybody around them is going to say, oh yeah, my friend had that surgery. It didn't work. And it's like, no, whole burger and complain or eat a half and be like oh I made myself sick trying to get the other half in like yeah yeah it really comes down to thinking about for yourself what it is that you want to accomplish so I'm just going to read if it's okay um I made a little bit of a list of things that I wanted to do which were part of my whole vision statement so I'm just going to read I'm just going to read them okay Uh, One was that, as I said earlier, that I wanted to improve my level of health, my well-being, and my performance in both life and in work. I just wanted to be better. And then I thought about, well, okay, I am ready to take responsibility to make and sustain changes in at least one area of my life. And that, for me, was being consistently consistent no matter where I was. And we've traveled a lot this summer, and we've been to multiple events, but I knew that I wanted to be in control and not have the events control me. Mm-hmm. That, that was another one. 
The other thing was that I was ready to invest at least three months to make improvements because I know that it takes time. And as you always say, slow and steady is what wins the race. And there is no race. I just wanted to feel better. And I knew that if I just stayed with it, even if I had a bad moment or I went off track or I went off my plan, that I was ready to come right back and then just be consistently consistent again. And that's what's really worked for me with ease. I wanted to be open and honest and share personal information with my health professional that is relevant to my health, my mm-hmm. my well-being, and also my performance. And I just did that, and I took responsibility by going for, you know, my annual physical and going for my mammogram and going for getting my blood tested. I, I really went through the gamut of all of those important checkups to be accountable, all mm-hmm. right? Also, I love this one that I wrote that I'm ready to become more self-aware, meaning that I needed to really focus on what I was doing on my game plan and not just wing every single day without preparation and Mm -hmm. without having a means for the day. And I was also curious and open to suggestions of trying some new things. And that was something that I did. And one of the new things that I decided to do this year, and it was twofold. My husband is an avid golfer and tennis player. And I've dabbled with golf on and off. And I said, you know what? I am going to join his program with him. And I'm going to learn how to play golf this summer, even though I'm really terrible at it. But... I have to say that I tried something new, and what I love about it is, number one, I love being outside. Mm -hmm. I love being able to do something with my husband. I love the challenge of trying to learn a new task. So I'm always in that mindset of improvement and learning and trying new things, which is kind Mm -hmm. of exciting and fun. And, of course, Tammy, and we say this to everybody, that understanding that setbacks are normal on the path of change. And they're really necessary in order to establish those new mindsets and behaviors. I call Mm -hmm. it the roller coaster effect. It's truly part of the journey. So I stopped weighing myself every single day. I weigh myself once a week. And I've been keeping a journal of that as I go through. And some weeks have been a little bit better than others. But I know Mm -hmm. that I'm being consistently consistent. So if I just continue to do what I'm doing... I can't possibly go back to where I was. And I just feel so good. Why would I want to change? And so therefore, just taking that responsibility and being responsive to myself for the changes that I wanted to make for me are really the, you know, catalyst for moving forward, which empowers me, especially in my coaching with my clients, to help to project the tools that someone might need in order to create their own wellness vision and get them started on the path when they're kind of jumbled in their thoughts about how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the important thing. And as you're sorting through that wellness vision, helping them to identify what's really important to them and that won't motivate them versus what they should be motivated by. Right. Well, I should do this because it's like, no, let's talk about what's really about you, because 
I don't know about you, but I go through my life and there are a whole lot of shoulds that go through my brain. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be further along. I should this. I should that. And someone said to me a long time ago, stop shooting on yourself. You know, <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, uh-huh, yeah. And so whenever I hear people saying, well, I should, it's like, no, no, no. I don't want to know what you should do or what you think you should do. I want to know what you want to do. Well, so-and-so did, uh, and I always bring them back. And I think that's the hardest part about, you know, designing their vision and getting it. Like you went through this process and really came up with what was important to you. Spending time with your husband, feeling better, making sure that you were doing things to move away from disease states and move more towards health states. So you didn't do it because you should. You did it because it's truly what you were able to identify and envision for yourself. That's absolutely correct. And we've talked so much about goals and scaling those goals. Because if you don't have goals, how do you know where you're going? But what I'm really focusing on right now in my life, and this is what I would love for us to explore with our viewership, is having goals is really great, but kind of what's the end game? And not that Mm -hmm. I'm looking to say, well, I'm on a diet that I'm waiting for it to end, because what I choose to do is really about lifestyle change. But what is the bigger picture? Is it just that I'm going to be committed to my plan and I'm going to continue to want to lose weight and I might even put in, well, I want to have movement in my life X amount of days a week, whatever it is. But what does that really mean? What is the bigger picture? So Mm -hmm. in that wellness vision of designing that together, having Clear goals is correlated with happiness and life satisfaction, whereas having a vision of one's best self enhances well-being and increases hope. Right. And I think we live in a time right now where a lot of times we can feel hopeless because we are struggling to see a vision, a vision for our families, a vision for our country, a vision for our jobs. And so we're just sort of existing in the time, not even in the moment. You know, we talk about mindfulness and everybody gets so frustrated with me because I always come back to mindfulness. And everybody's like, oh, come on, Tim, like, move on, get over that. But that moment is your life. And we only get one life. And you can move through this life constantly being busy about it or you can savor and really take stock of what's happening in your life which then gives you the opportunity to make changes or to keep things when you're intentionally paying attention to what's happening in the service of self-improvement and compassion Right, which really goes back to your core values Mm -hmm. and, you know, the conditions that we set up for ourselves. But the whole goal is to help our clients to unravel all of the thoughts in their brain and identify 
where it is that they want to go, which helps clients. It makes it easier for them to imagine the way forward to the target. And confidence grows with that as well, as Mm -hmm. we have both really experienced. Right. So I think this has been a really great conversation. And we're going to pick it up on the other side of the break, talking about how do you really develop that vision? How do you really put it into something so that you can continue to see it in your brain Maybe see it hanging on the wall somewhere and then be able to obtain it and get there and move on forward. So come on back, guys. This is Joanne and Tammy with Coach My Wellness, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome to Coach My Wellness, a weekly show dedicated to bringing you information about healthy habits and behaviors just for the health of it. Here's your hosts, Joanne and Tammy. Welcome back to Coach My Wellness, just for the health of it with Joanne and Tammy. In the earlier part of our program this morning, we talked about developing goals and visions and things like that. And how do we get there? And now we're going to talk a little bit about how do I develop that vision of what is it that I want versus what I should want or anything else like that. So going to you, Joanne, how did you get the idea of exactly how did you want to go about getting that smaller you, the healthier you, what kind of tools did you use to move you towards that? Well, it started last year, as I had said earlier today, when I saw those photographs of myself. And I was preparing myself for making the change, as you always say, just doing it, just Mm -hmm. doing it and being it. And In February, my husband and I were skiing, and I fell and had an accident and tore my ACL. And I bring that up because that was a very significant moment for me since in the beginning of March, we had a trip planned to go skiing out west. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to ski. And Mm -hmm. I said to my husband, okay, let's go. I know you really want to do this. You're going to be meeting some other people out there. Don't worry about me. I'll just figure out what to do. I'll sit by the fire and and sip hot chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I was more about, I want to go to the spa for the day. (laughs) Oh, well, I can do that too. (laughs) Uh, But it gave me a lot of time that was dead space to dig deep and really think about changes that I wanted to make, why I wanted to make them, and coming up with a game plan for what I wanted to do. So in all of my spare time, when he was out skiing, I was back at the hotel, and I had my laptop with me, and I started going through old photographs. That's truly how it began for me. Mm -hmm. And when I went back to, after I first lost my first 65 pounds, and this is going back several years ago, and I've maintained it, 
every year around the same time, year by year, I took a photograph of myself and I put it on a collage. Mm -hmm. And as I was looking at that, I was able to see how I've aged. (laughs) I don't want to say that. How many more gray hairs do I have? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. We Um, don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, we're not going there. It was really about my transformation and what I had seen. And when I look at photographs and it's in black and white, it was just kind of, okay, what am I going to do to change this and Mm -hmm. get back to where I want to be? Now, Mind you what I said, it was only a few years worth of photographs that I did. And I just want to mention that because I have a lot of clients who say to me all the time, oh, when I was younger, I was able to lose weight so easily. And oh, when I was younger, I was so thin. And it wasn't until I had children or I've been through menopause that I started to put weight on and I don't recognize the body that I have. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is I don't want to go back to when I was 20 years old. Uh, right. That's not realistic for where I am today in my later years. So I had to think about where I am today, where I want to be, and what is truly possible. So it comes mm-hmm. back to the possibilities of what we've talked about. And then I started to look around on the internet a little bit and think about well, what did I want to do? Well, one is I have a college reunion coming up in October. And there are a bunch of my girlfriends who, when we went to school together, we always said, when we turn 65, we're going to go on a vacation together. This is really true. We've been talking about this since we're 18 years old. Wow. Oh, my God, we're all here. You know, it's one of those. (laughs) And I was thinking about, I want to go away. And I want to feel great. I want to feel seamless in my clothes. I want to say, here I am, world. Look at what I've accomplished. So Mm -hmm. I started taking photographs of pictures from the island that we're going to. I started to take photographs of some really funky, nice clothing that's youthful that I thought would be attractive for me. Mm -hmm. I also had photographs, by the way, of food that has tons of sugar in it. And you really, I have a photograph that one of my clients did from uh, one of her kids many years ago. And it was everyday foods that we have. And her child had taken little Ziploc bags and put the amount of sugar in teaspoons next to the appropriate food. So Mm -hmm. I'm a big visual person. So I was looking at that, and then I started to look at some healthier food choices, but foods that I still felt were satisfying and that I would Mm -hmm. get more nutrients from. I put that on there. And then, of course, when confidence grows, what happens? The universe gives back to you. I truly believe that. So I started to think about business and life experiences and where I wanted to take that. And one of the things was... What we're doing right now was podcasting Mm -hmm. and being perhaps having a greater social media presence, which for me, it's not about being famous. It's about us reaching more lives. And how can we do that? And look at what has transpired since all of that really came into place. So when you pull together being at your best and having the best health and wellness and life visions, it really helps to keep one grounded 
and, you know, building on the current successes that we have and perhaps being bold, doing things outside of the box. Never in my life mm-hmm. would I ever thought that I'd be a golfer, for example. <laughs> never, never, ever, ever. And what did I desire? What is it that I truly wanted? And where could I be? And how do I get there? And so I started to develop this sense of this vision board that I have. And I know you've had that for a really long time, but I haven't done it or redone it in many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I did this while I was away on this vacation when I had some calm time. And then I came up with a plan because I truly know what to do. Just as we share with our clients, we guide them to what's best for them. And it's not a specific diet. It's nothing like that. It is knowing my body, knowing what works for me, what's worked Mm -hmm. in the past for me, what hasn't worked in the past for me, and how did I want to put that together in a vision for myself that I could really do seamlessly. Right. And part of that vision creating, it's also making it so real in your imagination that it becomes palpable and you can feel it as if it's already here and getting other people involved in making that vision happen. So like after you made your decisions about what you wanted to do and coming into podcasting and all this, we started really working together. And it's really funny how once your vision is clear and your goals are there, having a clear goal is correlated with happiness and life satisfaction. So we're on the right track. We're living what scientific research is showing us that those things are part of what makes a satisfying life. And having a vision of your best self enhances your well-being and increases hope. And I remember several years ago, the vision board that I created then, I was actually in Vegas at an event for lap band people that had been relatively successful and the company, the lap band company wanted to hear from us what made us different, what made us more successful, what they could do to help support us, all of those kinds of things. And we, we made the vision board and I remember sitting there and I'm going to cry now. And as I was picking out pictures of what I wanted and how I wanted to see the rest of my life or other things to manifest in the next few years, I cried putting that board Uh together. And as you know, I'm a very, like, I'm an easy crier. I feel people's pain and stuff really quickly. But it's like, if I'm feeling like this, that there is hope that I can take what I've learned in losing weight and utilizing my my band and I am able to clarify that vision and that goal, it has made a difference in that life satisfaction. Well, Tammy, you know that they always say that if your why doesn't make you cry, you haven't gone deep enough. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've never heard that. 
Yeah. So it's peeling back those layers and really getting to why you want to do something that's going to really hit those places within you to generate that inner intrinsic change state that you that you want so that you can create new possibilities for meeting and overcoming challenges. And how do you do that? By staying positive and appreciating strengths and maybe brainstorming some alternatives and then mobilizing your resources. It's so important to dig deep as you did. That's, that's very profound. And maybe you didn't even realize why that prompted you to move forward and change. But if your why made you cry, you've kind of hit it pretty dead on. Right. And, you know, and it's that vision, those create and contribute to motivational energy that moved me forward. Well, vision identifies what people want rather than what they don't want. Right. It's hard to see and feel the absence of something. And in contrast, it's hard to ignore and resist the presence of something. And that holds true for wellness and, by the way, every other area in your life. As we've (laughs) said before, the way you do one thing is the way you do most things. Right. And wellness is not the absence of disease or the opposite of illness. Wellness is rather the presence of well-being and the culmination of life and health-giving practices that include uh, 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 mindfulness, self-compassion, energy, and all that contributes to thriving. And thriving results from tapping into one's special talents, strengths, and purposes. And doing this, coaching, becoming a therapist, has tapped into all of those things. So it's always funny to me when I'm so not a process person. And so the idea, the hardest part of my day job is doing the paperwork. The hardest part of everything for me is the process of it, because I'd rather be in the mud pit with the client, helping them you know, because that's tapping into my strengths. And so... So maybe what we can do is that we can get a little bit deeper and explain a little bit about some of the things that one might be asking themselves in order to, well, how do I do this? Like, what's the protocol for designing a wellness vision? So let's talk about this first, that a vision is a compelling statement, number one, of who you are. And what health-promoting, life-giving behaviors you want to do consistently. That's the beginning. So in thinking about what's working for you now, to write this down and talk about your strengths and current successes. So questions that I ask is, for example, what are you currently doing to support your health and well-being? How many times do I work with clients, I can't even count, when I'll say, Who keeps you accountable or how do you keep accountable for your health and wellness? And the answer is usually, well, I'm seeing my health professional in three months from now for my yearly checkup. So I'll say, okay, so you're going to see your doctor, which is great. That's self-care. But however, are you walking in and you haven't changed anything in your own health and wellness since the year before when you had your physical a year ago? What are you doing to keep yourself accountable in between your medical visits so that it's not your health professional 
dealing with a crisis situation. So Mm -hmm. in what ways did you contribute to making that possible for a better outcome? Right. And kind of thinking about what you want your health to look like in three months, six months, two years, five years. So many of us have familial history, genetics. I know you said earlier that cholesterol is one of your genetic things. Mm -hmm. And it's important taking that into consideration, all the things that you can do to help stave off issues with your cholesterol. You might not be able to permanently stave it off, but if you can put it off for 10 years, then that gives you 10 more years of high quality, healthy living. And then I thought a lot about strengths because if you know what your strengths are, then you can utilize that to help you with your with your vision. So starting backtracking a little bit before we get there is what are your success stories? What gives you pride? What qualities do you most appreciate about yourself? I'm listing things that I wrote out that I think would be valuable for anyone else to write out about themselves. Mm -hmm. So give me an example. So when I think about success stories for myself in my weight loss journey or what qualities do I most appreciate about myself, one of the things that I could say is that I'm a very organized person. (laughs) You're not laughing about that. (laughs) No, you keep me organized, man, because without you... So in keeping organized, which is very important to me, it just helps my days run more smoothly, I know that I can utilize those strengths to help me be organized in my thought process of, example, what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. So I took that and I wrote all of the answers to this because I was working in a sequence in order to help me to identify how I wanted to create my own wellness vision before setting my goals. Okay, so tell me about that. So when I think about what makes me thrive and when am I most alive, when I'm most alive, when I think about that, is when I go ahead and I try something new or I talk about Mm -hmm. a topic that interests me. And of course, when it comes to health and wellness, I'm always talking about that. So it could be that I'll talk about how excited I am to be outdoors over the summer after being in my house for a year and a half during COVID and just breathing the fresh air and playing golf. That's a big part of it for me. And that Mm -hmm. makes me feel alive. That brings joy to my life. So how can I incorporate that as I get further down this road when I'm coming up with a game plan for myself? as far as perhaps knowing that movement is one of the pieces of the puzzle that I need to incorporate into one of my goals. Right. And it doesn't have to be like we always think exercise, exercise. No, just movement. No. You know, for me, it was really just being outdoors. And Mm -hmm. the first time that my husband and I traveled after the heavy COVID restrictions was... We went away and I remember I said to him, oh my gosh, I now remember what it is or why it is that I'm feeling so good. And it's because I am no longer inside the four walls of my home. 
mm-hmm. that I am outside, I am breathing fresh air, I am enjoying the sunshine, I'm feeling the warmth on my body. It felt so great to be outside. And now I've incorporated that into my daily regimen where there's a period of time that I go ahead and I make sure that I get outside every single day. So in talking about things that are important, when I speak with someone, and I'll ask our viewers out there, given all that's going well, what is it that you're wishing for? You know, what are the elements of your health and well-being that you might want to improve? Mm -hmm. And I think we go through so much of our life having that gossamer essence of what am I wishing for without really making the clarification that this is really what I want, partly because we don't always think that we can do it. You know, sometimes we don't have that motivation. You know, right. and and really thinking about why do I want to do it? You know, what are the benefits of making changes now? And what is that driving force behind the desire to change now? And what would I desire most about potential change? So then you can get into all of these things that you're identifying for yourself and then visualizing the vision. Right. You know, describing it in detail, having... You know, if you're thinking of doing a vision board, really getting into detail on what you want it to look like. What are the most important elements in your vision? Can you paint me a picture with your words? Don't say, oh, I want a big house. Tell me what that house looks like. Tell me, oh, I want an expensive car. What kind? What do you want that car to do for you? You know, the more you can get detailed about what your vision looks like, the greater the possibility that you get there, right? And we often will leave it kind of wishy-washy because we don't always have the confidence that we can move and get exactly what we want. So when you have that quiet time, That's when you can sit and ruminate in your mind about past successes. You know, Mm -hmm. think about what has been your best experiences. Keeping the key elements of your vision in the forefront of your mind. What are the times when you felt alive and fully engaged? And you asked me before about an example, and I remember uh, about... Five or six years ago, I was probably at that point at my most fit, both Mm -hmm. physically, health-wise. I mean, everything was just in unison at that time. And I was at a conference, and there were probably about 25,000 people there. And (laughs) I had to go up on stage, on this main stage, and talk about some of the successes of my clients and the program that we coach. And I remember I had this red dress. <laughs> and I have a photograph of me sitting on a director's chair just before <laughs> going out on stage. And what was striking about it was I thought, number one, hey, I look damn good. <laughs> right, exactly. That was, that was the first thing I thought. No, but truly, There was this 
air of confidence and this mm-hmm. air of posture, right. knowing Your that presence as, is different. Right. As nervous as I was, that I was able to get out there and I felt really, really good. That's what I hold on to and wanting to recreate that in my life as I've now gone through my second transformation. Right. And like utilizing that and thinking about what strategies got you there. You know, what were you doing before that that got you fit and healthy and feeling damn good in your body in that red dress? That's, you know, that's for sure. You know, it's it's interesting because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, well, I didn't really have a coach coach the coach, but that's not really true because in all of the talk that we do and all of the communication that we have with our clients, it's always positive reinforcement. I'm, in many ways, I'm coaching myself. Correct. And the feedback that I get from my clients and the feedback I get from your expertise is really helpful in my own personal journey. And I don't think without that, I could have been successful, which is why I love my coaching, because it keeps people accountable, not only for themselves, but it keeps me accountable to me, too. Right. And I think that's the thing. Here we are doing the thing that we love and trying to excel and and create our vision around that. But also, because we're doing that, we are coaching each other. We are holding each other accountable. We are encouraging each other in a very positive way. And those are the things that, you know, we look for developing a support system externally that will help us achieve the goal. When we're feeling like, man, I'm on my last mile and I just can't pick up my feet anymore. And I think about, you know, I live in New York City. So when the New York City Marathon happens, the runners are running the race, but the spectators on the side play a very important role in those runners being successful to complete the 23 miles. Because you'll see that there's a certain part of the race that's sort of like the dead man's mile. And it's where if people are going to quit or they're going to drop out and be like, all right, I can't do this. There's a, and I don't remember if it's like around mile 12 or 13, 14, something like that. But what happens is the race organizers make sure that there's extra spectators there so that when you're at that spot and you're running and you're like, I just can't, I can't finish this. Your family is there. Other spectators are there and they're really cheering you on from that point until the end. Because the beginning, we're all, yes, I can do this, right? I I got this. This is where I'm going with this vision and this is all what I'm going to do. But then we start hitting some major challenges and that starts hurting our confidence that we can get there. I might have trained for months to do 23.2 miles. But now that I'm in it, my body's not feeling right or whatever. And so the important thing is that we have that support. And we've thought about strategies beforehand. So the race organizers have thought about some strategies to help you get to the end. So at 
23, you know, at 12 or 13 miles, whatever it is, that's where the crowds really start happening to push you forward because you start feeding off of their energy. Well, you know, Tammy, I think that we're going to be coming to an end. I, I love this conversation that we're having, but I just want to, I was coaching one of my groups last night and someone asked me, well, what is your vision? What does that look like? So I'm just going to read something really fast and maybe this will help our viewers or not, hopefully will help our viewers to think about what they might want to write for themselves. But just remember that visions are best written when they're in the present tense, is if they're mm -hmm. already happening and in your own voice. I'm going to read something that one of my clients wrote um, in her wellness vision statement. So you get an idea of what that could sound like. One was, um, I am strong, lean, and 20 pounds lighter, shopping for cute, attractive new clothes for my attractive body. I am happy with lots of energy to do whatever I feel like doing. My health is better, and I'm open, more patient, and social. My motivators are feeling and looking great with bountiful energy. I also want to be around a long time for my parents, nieces, and nephews. When I face challenges, such as getting too busy, discouraged, overwhelmed, or stressed out, I pause, collect myself, and take doable steps to get back on track. Healthy eating, exercise, and handling stress well are important to me and within my grasp. Through ongoing, intentional, and realistic planning, I achieve my goals and realize my wellness vision. Now, that was pretty lengthy, but we worked through that to get mm -hmm. them to write that. And really quick, another one that could be, which is much shorter, is from another client. My wellness vision is that I have healthy eating habits and I set a good example for my children. I exercise regularly so that I am delaying aging and preserving my ability to function well in my older years. I look better and feel youthful. So in so, other words, it does, there's no right way to really create the vision. Right. But I think thinking about the more detailed, the the more you actually craft it, do you think that there's going to be one of those that's going to be more successful at attaining it, not including anything about the person's personality or anything like that? Do you think one of those is is more like going to come about because they're very specific? Right. Well, look, being specific is always helpful. and. I think that we can pick up on this conversation in our next podcast and really talk about from the wellness board how we can make those visions real. And that would also be about designing some of those behavior goals in order to mm -hmm. help us. So I think this really ties in beautifully to whatever else we've been talking about. So Tammy and I would like to thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here and spending time with us. We'd like for you to join us on Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. on our Instagram live discussions. You can reach us there at coachmywellness underscore CMW. And also, please make sure to find us on our website and subscribe to our newsletter at coachmywellness.com. Thanks so much for joining us on 360 Talk Radio for Women, and we will see you soon. Bye. Enjoy your day. You've been listening to Coach My Wellness. For more information about healthy habits and behaviors, visit our website at coachmywellness.com. 
And follow us on Instagram at CoachMyWellness underscore CMW for weekly live streams Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We hope to see you there.